This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. At the start of the week, gentlemen, mixing up a wee bit here, so all the, all the more to talk about, and uh, it's all the more recent. So we'll start we'll start with you, Jim. I don't know if I don't know if it being all the more recent is a good thing in, in, for, for your for your good self because you were at Tannadice and uh, a corner has not been turned. Another week, another drubbing, and I don't think any of us. I think we might have thought some, you know, this was still this was going to be a tricky game for United just purely because of the form they were in. But I don't think any of us would have predicted that United would get hammered off Sidman no. and played off the pitch. I mean, this is this is all getting a wee bit serious, isn't it, Jim? Yeah, it's, it's uh, not only is a corner not being turned, Derek, there's a very dark road ahead, you know. And to, I mean, to continue on that metaphor, I took my vest bit of the match on Saturday <laughs> and was struggling to get part. I got part of the back of some supporters' buses, you know. Um, so <laughs> eventually I got on about kind of 10 to 3, <clears throat> grabbed the team lines, and, and I, I had wondered, I must admit, I'd say, oh, here we go. Ericsson's in the goal, Berigiti's dropped, you know. Um, not that it did United much good, not letting any blame on, on Ericsson. He maybe, you know, his judgment was maybe slightly suspect for, for the, third. The, the third goal, but <clears throat> that's a call, a goal he's got to make. And I wouldn't have fought him for making it. He made the call. He was fractionally out and getting to it. You know, I think the player thought he was going to clean it. But anyway, on the broader point, um, no, I, I didn't expect uh, United to um, lose 3-0. I thought that that might be the turning point. What point, Jim? Jim what, so when, when during the game did you... Was it quickly apparent that this wasn't going to be a good performance United? Was it... Was it did someone grow into the game? How, how did how did it well, pan out from a United I mean, point of view? I, I, I think that what became apparent fairly on to me <clears throat> was that United were, were absolutely, you know, shot for confidence. Absolutely shot, you know. Um, <clears throat> and I think... Um, you know, it, it very quickly looked that, that St. Martin were, were livelier in, in terms of kind of pace, in terms of kind of the punch that they had. But I mean, you know, possession-wise, I mean, you've all seen the stats. I mean, United were kind of 70 to 30 in possession. Um, but but it, it proves, I mean, you know, I, I, I love my stats like the next uh, um, individual, but um, they often don't very prove very much at all. And I have to say, when, you know, when St. Martin um, went ahead, um, it was kind of no more than they deserved. You always sensed that they were threatening. I mean, the, the, I'll tell you the thing. I mean, Maine scored two two very good goals, obviously. But the, the thing that stuck out for me and, and the difference between the sides um, in terms of kind of you know their approach to the game. I mean, St. Martin soaked a lot up. United had lots of possession. You know, a lot of it right about the middle of the park with any kind of threat. You know, that, that were very sluggish kind of build up. No real tempo at their game. But the thing that stuck out for me uh, was Ayunga, the number St. Martin number seven. He just had such pace, such fine control of the ball, so dangerous, so physically strong. Um, just a sweet mover with the ball. And every time he got the ball, you kind of sensed that United were, were, were in danger. St. Martin. I also I also thought that St. Martin physically outgunned United. They just looked. They looked a very fit, very physical. And I, I don't mean a physical side in the traditional kind of you know a bunch yes. of bully boys they just looked strong they looked physically fit able to hold their men off um content to be on the ball very slick when they played it very quick um and i just thought united never ever looked at the races now i mean on the face of it you know when you start off with a front three <clears throat> you've got watt and fletcher and, and middleton there as well you really you, you should be offering some threat you know i know there's i know there's not a great deal coming through from from the midfield and i thought levitt was disappointing um mcgrath never really got going harks i thought harks had a, a poor game I mean, to be honest they all had a poor game you know there, there was no one really emerged with fantastic pass marks um, 
um, from it. There was just a real sluggishness, but mainly right from the start, Eric, you sensed that this was a side absolutely shot in terms of confidence. Uh, and St. Martin, once they, once they got the goal, well, certainly once they got the second goal, it was, it was definitely game over. There was no way United yeah. were going to come back from that, you know. So um, very early on, uh, I, I kind of sensed that, that, that this was the United side that were going to struggle, and struggle they did. And to be honest with you, it could have been more, you know, it was three, but it could have been more. Sean, I mean, in, in some ways you can, you can um, the, the point Jim's making about being shot for confidence, that actually, that still shocks me, even though United had that. I mean, United's had a terrible result away from home in Europe, and then they lost away from Hearts. That shouldn't be enough to turn a team into a, a quivering wreck of a, a collective quivering wreck, should it? You know, it really shouldn't. Because, you know, the first, I mean, that certainly the Alkmaar one, you could surely box that off. And almost to the same extent, a game at Tynecastle, that, 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 that speaks to something deeper for me. I don't know about you. I wonder. I mean, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't dispute that. I mean, obviously, I think there's there's something is something's not quite right there. Um, I, 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 the the last few results have have been suggestive of that. But in terms of those results being enough to to knock a team, um, I mean, I I think to an extent it probably depends on on how much stock they put in that win over Altmar in the first place. I think if they because Altmar are obviously a decent side and they didn't turn up at Tannerice or whatever, but United United turned up, played well, beat them. And I think probably heading over to Altmar, they was they, they were a wee bit puffed up. And they yeah, they had a bit of a swagger about a them, didn't they? Here. Yeah. yeah. And and that the, the, you know, you start to think what we're doing, yeah, maybe maybe this is good, this is it, you know. And to go over there and get so absolutely thoroughly demolished in the way that they did, that's like if if you allow it to be, then that that that's that could almost rubbish everything that you've been doing up to that point because it's so comprehensive and and so embarrassing. And players so know they they, they would have known that was a double figures game had had Alkmaar really wanted to go for it, wouldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. It was it was enormous the gap. Um, I mean, at, at the start of the game, the first sort of fifteen twenty minutes or so, you know, United played all right. I thought actually, and, and found themselves a couple down without having really done an awful lot wrong but as you know as the goals continued to rack up then okay right there, there is a real gulf here um and and part of it is, is i think united i mean the heads obviously went down at a certain point as well and yeah if altmar had continued i think they, they could have racked up another few and it would have been really really embarrassing but i do think that was that was that was a destructive evening for dundee united this season because everything not everything i mean they drew on the opening day it was an, an, an equalizer and they were disappointed to concede that one but that's not devastating to follow that up by beating Alkmaar, that's a terrific result but to then you know they, they lost to livingston and you can put that down to you European know exact a lot of yeah. effort against uh, Alkmaar in the first leg but to go and then get absolutely demolished by Alkmaar, i think that's been Thoroughly destructive. Sure, to that, Sean. To that. The, the, the thing is, I mean, they've kind of they've gone from a side who were so defensively sound last season to to a, a, a side that's leaking like a sieve um, at the back. And the, th- the thing that struck me about the weekend, and the thing that struck me about all the game. And by the way, <clears throat> you actually make a very good point. And I have to say, I hadn't really considered it until now. Maybe Alkmaar didn't actually come across here thinking this will be a breeze, this will be a stroll, Scottish Premiership, no big deal. Um, got a shock. Uh, United played well. They got a shock, and when they went back, they had to put their game hat on um, and 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 look how it turned out. But you know they've been trumped by Hearts. They've been thumped by St Mirren as well. 
And, and, and the one thing they appear to be incapable of doing is coping with good movement. Um, players who have got qu- quick touch, good movement, um, you know, you, they find themselves kind of ball watching instead of man watching. You know, I mean, you, you know, the, the fastest man will never travel as fast as the fastest ball. So you, you go with your, you know, your run. You, you go with your, your, you know, the player you're marking or the player that's that, that's looking as though he's about to get the ball. You go with the player. You watch the player. You don't watch the ball. Um, and they're ball watching, so you get taken. You get taken to cleaners with, with, with very quick movement, and and that's what's happening. Um, they, they they just appear to be <clears throat> incapable of dealing with play, teams who can play quickly, smartly, uh, and with a bit of pace and a bit of tempo about them. Um, <clears throat> and that I, I must admit, for the first time, I kind of you know sitting on Saturday, I looked and I thought, where does the pace come from? In this team, because Fletcher doesn't have it, Watt doesn't have it. Um, they, they, these are these are not criticisms. These players have what they have. Although maybe we'll concentrate on Tony in, his, in the second or two because he's starting to attract the ire of a, a lot of United fans. Levitt's no particularly quick. Um, you know, Harks is, is an athletic player. He's not phenomenally quick. There's no there's no really anyone in the team with explosive pace. BH looks as though he might have a bit about him, but there's no really anybody in that team that's got explosive pace about them. And if you go to the bench, it's pretty much the same. You know, we could go tricky. Um, he's not an out-and-out speed merchant. Middleton's got a ton of pace. Middle, Middleton's quick enough. You know, I don't think he's a speed merchant. He's quick enough. Um, um, Niskanen uh, is quick, but he just looks like a guy who's shot uh, yeah. two pieces as well. You know, he's all over the shot. I hate to use the term headless chicken. I'm not entirely sure the guy knows what's expected of him. I think he's a bundle of nerves sometimes. So all of a sudden, you know... Uh, it's just gone gone from a team last season who you know were, were rock solid at the back to a team conceding with still the same problem they had last season can't score goals. Yeah, I mean, listen, Sean. Again, I, I said we didn't expect a three 0 or anything like it, but I don't think I don't think I I don't think I asked you the question because I don't think any of us expected Birgitte to be dropped, did we? Um, and that I mean, although we're not. Uh, Maybe you did, but <laughs> maybe I should ask you the question. No, I mean, although the the goalie that came in, Erickson, he, he he's not done, but it's a huge, huge call, isn't it, on both fronts now? Now because Berrettini is going to be, I mean, it could do him the world good, good just to be out the fire line for a couple of weeks. It could make him worse if he comes back. It just and it keeps the whole question going about do United need another goalkeeper and all the rest of it. You know, it just feels like an absolute. It just feels like an absolute mess that a club the size of Dundee United could end up in a situation where they've got two international goalies and they really don't trust either of them. Let's let's face it. Uh, one of them, one of whom have uh, they've spent a, a big transfer fee on apparently and. They'll both be on decent wages, and here we are. And then they're playing against some men who have a steady Eddie and, and goal who used to be on Dundee United's books. So it's it's a bit of a mess, isn't it? Uh, it, it would it would appear that way. I mean, it, it, Jack Ross's explanation for it, you know, on, on the surface of it, uh, you know, there's it makes sense. You know, he's he's saying, you know, he's he's reluctant to throw to make changes in goalkeeper position because it draws attention, and it mm-hmm. does. And the fact that we're discussing it is kind of proof of that. Um, because uh, you know, naturally, when when I, I think there's a perception that it's such a confidence related position that you know, if you make a change there, then the the expectation is that whatever difficulties the person was having, you know, this is only going to compound them, sort of thing. Um, whether that's accurate or not, or whether there's a positive side to it, you know, I'm not sure there, there, there probably would be. Um, but he also says, Jack Ross, that, you know, the reality of the situation is that they've got two 
international goalkeepers there. So in theory, you know, you, you, if you drop one of them, you should, yeah. uh, by all accounts, be bringing in somebody who is competent. Yeah, it, it should be like Xander Clark and Alan Manor, shouldn't it? You know, but it doesn't yeah. doesn't feel like that at all. Um, no, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, so. Uh, I mean, to, you you drop your goalie after he's had a few a few difficult weeks with how Jack Ross put in. I mean, that's entirely fair. He clearly has had a few difficult weeks. I mean, I go back to the to the first game um, that he played. I think it was against Coman, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. He played in the first game of the season, and um, I'm going to bring up these nameless yeah. United fans that I know again. <laughs> uh, this is this is becoming a your, trope, your mates, isn't it? <laughs> yes, my 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 mates. Friends, yes. They're real. They're definitely real, and. Uh, they, they, you know, the ones who'd been to the game were, were, were quite happy with the performance that they saw from Berrigetti that day. And so, you know, he, com- he commands his area, he comes and gets crosses, he made a few good saves. So the, the mood was very positive. Um, and again, uh, obviously there was the Livingston game, we can, we can gloss over that, I think. And then the, the Altmar game, he's had a shocker. Well, the first one, he was decent um, enough though, wasn't he? Yes, yeah, yeah uh, yes. Right. But I mean, he, he, he's, he's been at fault for a couple, I think, over there. And then obviously you come back, uh, and you've got the Hearts game and you're conceding again. Um, and, and, you know, uh, under the circumstances, uh, I think it's, it's 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 fair to take someone out of the limelight if they're under that much pressure. And I'm sure Jack Ross would have had conversations with Birrigate. And yeah, you've got an international goalie there, so you, you, your expectation is that they come in and do all right. But then the guy you've brought in has just coughed up three as well. Now, whether they're directly his fault or not, you know, that's that's another conversation. But the fact that it's even happened... <laughs> it does shine this spotlight on that position. It also wasn't it wasn't a loss on more than a few of us. I have to say, at the weekend, and the other goal was was Carson, who United let go. That's you know, what I'm um, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a steady, it, I mean, a steady Premiership goalkeeper. Steady who Premiership. Absolutely didn't fine. much to do. It made a decent uh, free kick save in the first half from uh, I think it was Middleton. Um, you know, and, and had a good save from uh, Niskanen in, in, in the second half as well. Down low at his right, a, a very decent save. You know, smart on the feet, quick movement, good palm away. Um, so you know that that wasn't a lost on people, and people oh, are looking and thinking, "What happened a second? You know, I mean, see, here's the here's the other thing. I mean, it's. What would you do, you know, Jim? The, the, what would you do, right? What would you do? I, so uh, this panic, you, you mean, know. What would a panic? <laughs> what would you do as far as the goalkeeping situation? Because let's Xander Clark is available, right? We know he's available. It's not what he's not got. He's moved down south for whatever. What, would reason. he sign? I, I, would he? Is one thing being available, Eric? Would he? Would he come? Right. Because say, there was well, obviously say, an say, issue. Say Xander Clark would come. Okay. Mm-hmm. Say, say he would come. Do, do, do United? Do yeah? Do United just admit we've we've. Made yeah, a mess. I, I, We've made a mess over the last two windows of the goalkeeping situation. Time to cut our losses. We move one of the two on, probably Ericsson, because he'd be cheaper to move on, and we get and we get Dana Clark. And is that what you? Is that what you? Absolutely. Do? I mean, look, I mean, Sean hit it on the head there. I mean, you know, a good, solid premiership keeper in Carson. Not spectacular. You know, he's, he's never going to be attract a massive transfer fee, but he's solid, he's spectacular. He'll not blow many. He'll, make, he'll be like every other keeper. He'll make two or three howlers um, over the course of his career, maybe one a season even. But, you know, but it's a last line of defence. It is the crucial line of defence, and it gives the rest of the team confidence when you've got a man between the sticks. Um, 
you know, that, that, that just is solid and, and, you know, knows when to come and take balls and, you know, and, and, and how, I mean, you know, to be honest with you, you know, I haven't, haven't watched again. Although I'm saying I, I wasn't a critical, I just thought, see the first goal, it just the, the way that Ericsson comes out and kind of spreads himself, it's kind of like almost a half-hearted attempt. Um, it's just, I think, top-class goalkeeping. You've got to be better than that. And I just don't, he, he's not going to cut it at Tannadice. He's been there a season and couldn't command the place, you know. Um, and, and, and the, the Australian, the Australian. I mean, I, I, you know, I said in McCallum at the weekend, I wouldn't make him the whipping boy. It's, it's not, no, it's not I don't just think him. so either. And, and he but... wasn't, you know, and he's not been responsible for every goal. You know, it's not as though he's he's been solely responsible for the fourteen he conceded in four games or something like that. But his manager's but, just dropped him. You know? Yeah, that's right. And, and and on some of the big calls, he, he, you know, he, he got it wrong. I mean, no palming the ball far enough away when you do punch, you've got to get distance, stuff like that. You know, just generally looked kind of shaky. I mean, it's all very well saying he made a couple of saves. Some of them are bread and butter. I mean, you expect goalkeepers to make kind of saves that are five feet to the left or five feet to the right at kind of waist height. You know, these are these are bread and butter saves for goalies, you know. Um Xander, Xander's been through the mill. Xander's done it all. I mean, I did say, you know, I was having a bit of fun on Twitter as I like to do uh, last week. I can't believe he's not got a club. You know, <laughs> cannot believe he's not got a club. So if he was available, but if he wanted to come, I think is a key thing. Um, if he wanted to come, uh, he's a free agent, isn't he? <laughs> you know, yeah, what's, yeah, yeah. what's it going to cost him? It's going to cost him. They're already shelling out big wages. Anyhow, and I think, you know what? I just think psychologically what a boost it would be. You know, here you are, you've got big Xander between the sticks. Here's a guy who knows the score. Here, I mean, what is he? Thirty? He's thirty-one oh, no, now. I think. I think is he, even in his thirties. I think he's. I think he's still about twenty. I should know this, but I think he might even be about twenty-nine. I, I, okay, so I mean, you know, he, he, get, get a guy you'll get two sure. good contracts out of if he's keen to come. Aye, you know, you're, you're going to get a guy that you've got two good, two good three-year contracts out, of. Uh, and it's a, cause a goalie. He could have another ten years ahead of him. You know, yeah. Uh, and he knows this. I look at Alan Manis still going at forty. Yeah, yeah well, absolutely, well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's you know. Go get Manus. I, I mean, I, 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 I listen. If Manus is available, take him in a heartbeat as well. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, I'd like to see a, a bit more of Birigiti, um to see whether actually in there there is a good goalie. He comes with a reputation, and I wouldn't get into this stuff about I come from Australian football because we know there are many fine players come from Australian football, and the, the you know the game's global now. So the fact that you come from one league or other is neither here nor there. Do you have the qualities? And a goalkeeper requires particular qualities, but. The key thing is, practically all of your decisions have got to be right. As a striker, you make a bad decision, you miss a shot. As a as a midfielder, you make a bad decision, you miss a pass. As a defender, there's maybe somebody to cover who you're a goalie and you make a bad decision, it's usually fatal for the team. And and, and that's the problem. And I think the danger now and Jack was right, I think, to to uh, to drop him. I think his, his confidence was shot to pieces, and I think you might have, you, you might have wrecked the lad's confidence completely had you put him in and he'd lost three or four against St Mirren. So I think he was right to drop him. Ericsson is an internationalist. I don't think he did much wrong. I don't think he's a great goalkeeper. Um, in fact, to be honest with you, I, I, I think he's actually a pretty average goalkeeper. Um, and I think the man in the other goal was better on Saturday. And we're just talking about on Saturday. I think he's a better goalkeeper, which makes you wonder why they let him go. It makes you wonder why there was such a hiatus between knowing that they weren't going to keep Benji I mean that was pretty clear they weren't going to keep him why was there such a hiatus between doing that I mean let's be, let's be honest we've been very very positive or I've been certainly trying to be very positive about United because there's been loads to be positive about in terms of the contribution of the Ogrens who have backed the club fiscally um, Tony Asgard's getting in the neck so far his recruitment seems you know seems to have been pretty good and on the face of it on paper um, that looks like a really really good side but the game's not played on paper. Um, 
So there's now lots of questions that have been answered because this is what happens when a football team comes under pressure and they're under serious pressure at the moment. What I do think would be nonsensical uh, are those people that think Jack Ross should walk. I mean, that I mean, anybody suggesting that needs taken out and, and, and locked up um, for their own their own safety. Uh, I mean, that that would that would simply <laughs> the club would fall apart if you did that. You know, I mean, who would who would come to them for one thing? Um, yeah. And managers go through these spells. Players go through these spells. You know. I mean, that's why confidence is such a fragile flower. Tell you what, I would be doing. I'd be working overtime with the sports psychologist at the club. I'd not know oh, what it is these days. Uh, you've got, I'd be working overtime. You can ping his number on, Jim. Eh? You can ping his number on. <coughs> Sean's friends and your sports psychologist. That's that's the, there we go. Now, Sean, I mean, he did make a couple of strange selections for for me. I mean, the the, the sibled one is is kind of get. You know, he's the nearest thing United have to a sort of you know. Rattle around, you know, do the do the dirty work in the middle of the park, you know, just sort of break things up. He's the, he's he didn't get a game. They, they don't look a balance. We touched on it last week. They don't look. They look. You look at them individually. Think, oh, talented player, talented player. Doesn't look like a balanced team just now, mm-hmm. does it? No, I mean when you look when you look at the midfielders, you're right. It's the the, the, the ability of the individual players stands out certainly. But you know, in terms of yeah, the the, the Balance between attack and a defence—that's perhaps not not right. Um, and yes, Sybil does the, the the one that I mean we spoke about this last week. They be um, has been brought in. It would appear to to kind of be that that person. Um, that's slightly more dis- the disruptor, if you like, in midfield um, rather than a pigeonhole as a as a, a boy who's just going to sit in front of the back four. I don't think that he's quite that, but but certainly a, a kind of ball of energy type. Um, and yeah, he's he's on the bench for the for the entirety of the game uh, against him, and there's no sign of him. Uh, the midfielder that do come on are, are Amari Niskanen and uh, Matthew Kajou, neither of whom can be said to be defensively minded. They're certainly not disruptors, no. No, so yeah, I mean, yes, I, I don't think there's any argument that it looks. Like Nicky Clark's got to get given a, good, a shot, hasn't he? Not balanced. Well, he came on, yeah, for for Tony Watt. He's, he's going to have a start, surely. Well, I don't want to get back on Tony Watt again because I, I dare say, I've, yes, I've made my opinions. I think I think it's time for to give somebody else a shot in the team, and I think Nicky Clark deserves a shot in the team. To be quite honest with you, whether whether he's one. I mean, United are going to have to do. Jim, United are going to have to do some some trading, aren't they? I would. So you know, you look at the ones that he he could maybe. Who could maybe be moving on? You know, and Nicky Clark's potentially one of them, isn't he? Well, they're leaving you know, up there. Right? I mean, what, if what he's looking to free up a budget to do get yeah. get a proper holding midfielder mm-hmm. to do another couple of bits of business. Mm-hmm. What is there a week and a bit left of the? Yeah, um, yeah a week. about a week now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, <clears throat> let, let's hope um, if they are going to do it, they, they've been kind of working on it and, and identified the problems sometime. The other issue, of course, is I mean, there's a couple of issues here. I mean, you know, what they miss in the midfield, try to push Charlie Mulgrew forward, and that's not Charlie's role. You know, Charlie's a, a no, central defender, a very good one. You know, try to push him into kind of it's almost like that that uh, Callum Butcher role from from last year, which is something they're, they're missing. Can right? he, I don't think I don't think Mulgrew. That I mean, look, the, the, there'll be a lot made about the age of players and whatever, and I'm sure he would hate even discussing it or whatever. But it, there, it's a fact that at a certain point in a player's career, you know, I don't think you can be pushing him too high up the park if you're also expecting him to to be a centre half. 
Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, listen. You know my view on this. I mean, I, I hate seeing players written off at a very, uh, sometimes I think ridiculously early age. You know, Charlie's not in the first uh, flush of youth, but he, he, you know, he's, uh, this kind of veteran thing kind of bugs me a wee bit. But you're right. It's horses for courses, and I don't think you want kind of <clears throat> a guy who's in his mid thirties um, trying to kind of fulfil that role of kind of pushing through, trying to be some kind of link between the defence and 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 the kind of you know the front of the midfield if you want and and, and the forward line. Um, that's not really the role that he's cut out for. You need kind of, you need kind of energy and tempo and, and legs, um, which are, I think are a bit fresher um, and it can go the kind of the full ninety minutes uh, for that one. But but you know what, what I was going to say was, I mean, you know, the whole thing, not just kind of bringing the goalkeeper, bringing the manager in. You know, there was such a hiatus. Was Courts going? Was he not going? Was he going? Was he not going? Um, <clears throat> and then then there was a hiatus over whether Jack Ross was coming in, and it seemed to drag on for a bit and all the rest of it. During which time you've now got people saying, well, actually, who did the recruitment? Um, was it Tony Asgard? Was it a combination of Tony and the manager? If if the manager's coming in, um, and some of these players have been recruited already, does it does he not fancy? How big them, an issue know? is this, Jim? How big is it an issue? Is, is it one that the, the we get as, as journalists that we get a bit fix, overly fixated with, or does this go at the crux of how? I mean, it's important, isn't it? We'll find out the weeks ahead, Eric. I was going to say, it's important important when teams are losing, isn't it? You know? (laughs) We'll find out, I think, very quickly how important this is. Um, You know, the transfer window will be shut in, what, a a week or a bit. So then then if you do want to move players on... um, uh, well, you can't. Um, what you can do is you can bring in players who are at a contract, like Xander, uh, Xander Clark, something like that. You know. Um, but will there be issues? Well, that, that this is this is the kind of issue. There's no skirting around this. This is the issue. Wherever you've got a sporting director and a coach, I mean, it might have been slightly different under, uh, or it might have been a, a big bit different under. But Jack, but Jack Ross stressed at the very start in his first press conference, he was ready for a question, and he said he was not. A training ground coach. He said that was part of it. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm paraphrasing, but he, Sean, will, Sean will back me up on this. <laughs> I'm sure he made a point of stressing, I am a football manager who wants to be involved in basically everything. You know, yeah, the that, recruitment was, side uh, of things. That so, right. so um, that is not that <clears> is not the that is not the usual model with a sporting director, is it? it usually, you see a sporting sorry, whatever, yeah, whatever you want to call them. You know, they. You know, they have responsibility for the transfers and the coach is a coach, but that is not what Jack Ross is. Well, ultimately, what this would always come down to, I think, is the final decision. Now, I mean, at any club, a manager will come in and there will be players that he doesn't like. You know, that, that's that's the nature of the beast. At any stage of any club, of any manager's appointment, a manager will inherit players, some of whom he likes, some of whom he doesn't like, some of whom he's not sure about, and it'll take him a bit of time to look and decide uh, what he wants to do with them. Um, <clears throat> in United's case, uh, quite a number have been brought in, Um and at the moment, I, I I just don't know. I don't know who has made the decision. Has it been a joint decision? Has it been, you know, have they been brought in and, and almost presented as a fait accompli, given the kind of the late stage that the, 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 the manager came in as the season was kind of uh, getting set to, you know, hit the tracks? Um, we, we don't know. Now, th- this is where a combination of things come in. Good contacts book, persuasive powers, skills um, of managers or directors of football to bring other people to the club. I don't think there's a lot of room now to bring fresh faces, as you say, Eric, without moving others out. And there's now not a lot of time to do that. Um, but but the, the, the key role, I think, that, that, that Jack Ross has at the moment is, is how he lifts his team. 
you know, how, how he kind of lifts the confidence of the team, the psychology um, of the team. I mean, you know, J- Jack Ross is a smart cookie. He's one of, you know, I hesitate to use the phrase, but he's one of he's one of our more intellectual managers. You know, I think Jack did a degree in economics. I can't remember, but he certainly did a degree. Um, he's a smart cookie. I've known him a long, long time. Um, he's been through the mill, you know. I mean, I have to say, coming off the pitch, you looked, um, I thought he looked like a man who was a bit shell-shocked, but I thought more than anything, I thought he looked like a man barely containing his fury Um uh, what he's seen from from his team because his you know his neck's on the chopping block as well here I mean, don't mean he's going to get a sack or something like that, but his, his, his reputation is on, on the, the, chop, line. On the yeah. chopping block you know now he's been at big clubs you know if you, I think if you can handle Sunderland you can handle anything to be frank with you uh, and if you can handle Hibs you can pretty much handle uh, handle anything you know he's not going to get any greater stick from a small section of the United support at the moment because the bulk of them will still be saying okay look this is horrible but it's early days Let, let's just see what transpires it's very very early days and um, the, the key job at the moment is is to see whether he can mould what he has um, in terms of a squad into uh, into a side that doesn't ship goals and a side that can actually start to fashion some goals and take them, you know, um, and work on on the general the general kind of demeanour and the mentality um, of the side. Uh, so that that's the key thing at the moment. And then there's you know what will the relationship like be like ongoing? Well, I think it'll be a different relationship ongoing between him and the sporting director than it was with Tom Courts. For for one thing, he's much, much more experienced at a very, very high level than Tom was, you know. So there'll be a different dynamic, I think, between the two men. You know, he's a mature, strong-minded, highly intelligent individual, you know. Um, uh, uh, then you've got a sporting director who, um, who you know, the the Ogrens have, are the man, uh, you know, is the man that they put their trust in and running the club, you know. Now, if these two can work together and work well, that will occur well for the future. If there's any tension, well, there's always there's tension. There's tension in newsrooms. There's tension between the editor and his journalist. There was ten- when I was, you know, on staff at the BBC. There was tension between being producers. I wanted to run one thing. The senior producer wanted to run another. I didn't you know? That's in the, you argue your case. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. You know, um, coaches don't. Uh, coaches or managers don't always win. I want that guy. Sorry, we can't afford them. He's out with your budget, that kind of thing, you know. Or I don't want that guy. I'm no play. That, that that's ultimately the choice. I don't want that guy. And there were a lot of, you know, a, a lot of folk were wondering at the, the weekend was that a message from the manager and dropping the goalkeeper? I don't mm-hmm. fancy this guy, you know. Um, we don't know these things, and and and, and there are certain things, you know. It's just was it a message like, not bringing Sybil yeah. on? Well, uh, indeed, <laughs> that's what, and th- th- these are things that we messages don't know. Messages everywhere, Sean. Like, messages everywhere. Yeah, no, th- th- these are the sort of questions that will never be answered, and they'll never be answered because I think as journalists and fans as well, we expect to know everything, but you can't expect the whole soul of a club to be bared without some damage being done. You know, so if a manager, not, I'm not specifically talking about Jack Ross or uh, in this situation, but if a manager at any club comes out and says, you know. I didn't play Joe Bloggs because I think the director of football or the chairman uh, has been putting pressure on me, and, and this is a message to the chairman. That, you know, immediately you've got you know you've got a massive story, and you've got a, you know you've got huge issues, and the dressing room starts to because you know dressing rooms are uh, you know I mean we all know that, that men are the biggest gossips in the world. You know, I mean I wonder women's football is like this. Men, you know, men talk; they're in wee cliques Careful. and all the rest of it. And this is a this is the this is a, 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 a difficult difficult job for a manager. A modern manager has to keep you know a, a 
squad of 20 odd players happy each who, each of whom thinks she should be playing each of whom has their own kind of particular mentality and approach and psychology of the game you know it's a very very difficult gig to, to, to be blown they deserve the money they're getting for it because it's an almost impossible situation at times but I think over the, over the coming weeks we'll find out whether you know how quickly this can be turned around if it can be turned around um, I, I, you know looking at that team you know, there should be no question that this can be turned around. There, there, there seems to be sufficient um, talent there to, to, to turn it around. It's now about attitude. And, it's and you know, this is not just about the manager. This is about professional pride as well. When players go out, they're not only playing for the jersey. They're playing for themselves. They're playing for their own reputations. They're playing for their own professional pride. Um, so there, 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 there's sufficient talent in there. What is interesting, and I'm going to shut up in a minute, let Sean get, get his stopping worth in. What is really interesting, I think, is you kind of start to see youth taking a bit of a back a back seat here, aren't we? You know, um, there's, oh, well, there's not yeah. much evidence of the academy players kind of uh, coming through, and that maybe is indicative of um, a more experienced coach who thinks, you know what, I'm not going to win much with youth. Um, although to be honest, it's difficult at the moment to see how they well, can do any worse. You know, not much evidence of the ones that have left getting a game anywhere <laughs> no, either. To be, f- no. but, but that's a, that's a, that's another discussion. Last last word on United to to you, Sean. I mean, this isn't this isn't. Jack Ross FC, it's it's Dundee United, and Dundee United is the most important thing, obviously. Um, so fans will have their opinions of whether he's the right coach, blah blah blah. But I think I think already already we're we're seeing why I thought it, this taking Dundee United was a was a huge huge gamble for Jack Ross because and we we did speak about it at the start of the season. Part of it was you're thinking. How on earth does he improve on what Tam Courts did? And he's already, you know, that the whole, and then we mentioned before Altmar, well, he could do a Tommy Wright, you know, following Steve Lomas and take them a, take them a bit further in Europe. That would have done it. Now he's in this, he's in this bind now with, with it looking all a wee bit of a mess at the start of the premiership. You're thinking the stakes are very, very, very high f- for Jack Ross in terms of his personal status aren't they you know if if this it's he he must if he it won't be human if he's not thinking oh did i make the right choice yeah yeah absolutely i mean the, the personal stakes are high because you know he, 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 at this point there's only so long uh in a, in a, a young manager's career <laughs> to to coin a, a, an old chestnut the young manager thing there's only so long that you get where you're thought of as a, a sort of a young up-and-comer if you like, with promise. Um, and obviously, he, he was that early in his career at Aloha and, and, and St Mirren. Things went right for him, you know. Um, got that great move to Sunderland off the back of it. You know, it wasn't a disaster at Sunderland by any stretch, um, but didn't get them up, um, which is what the what the job was, essentially, there. Um, Hibs, I mean, again, for, for long stretches of it, it was, it was fine, went sour in the end. But, I mean, it Having having effectively been sat by Sunderland, sat by Hibs. If you're sat by Dundee United, that's three that have gone sort of bad on a trot. And at that point, I think you you, you probably you, you lose that tag of being a, a an up and comer, if you like. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot in it personally for Jack Ross. Um, and yeah, I mean it it, it was. A difficult one because what he was walking into was a, a club that had achieved something under Tam Cors that it hadn't <clears throat> for you know ten years before that, which was 
outbreaks in Europe. Um, so uh, to, to better that or equal it would, would, would be, you know, uh, given the last decade, a, a real achievement. But, you know, a manager like Jack Ross, who I'd imagine has belief in himself and would back himself, he'd look at the club, he'd look at everything around it, and he would think, I'm going to back myself to do this. Uh, because you know, you know, there are various things about United that make them attractive. They're a, they're a big club in Scottish football traditionally. <laughs> they pay good wages. <laughs> they pay. They do pay good wages. So there's there's that for yourself, but there's also you know the, the promise of reasonable player budget to work with, and, and that you know opens doors for you in terms of the quality of player that you're able to attract to the club. So a guy like Jack Ross will look at those things and go, well, you know, I I, I would like to think that we can we can bring some good players in here, and I can get them playing in a way that gives us a chance to, to achieve again. So I understand why he took the job. But yeah, of course, there's, there's risk that comes along with that. There's risk at any big club because expectations are big and they, and they are at Dundee United. And you can see that already at this point in the season because you've got supporters already who think that he needs to go. I, I mean, it's 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 unreal um, that we're at this point so quickly. And that could change very, very quickly again. It can go the other way, and we've we've seen that way with United, and you know I, I I've got lots of pals who are United supporters. Boys, I've talked about them. I've never time, told us that God, before. They are they are <laughs> they are a, they are a fickle bunch, and I, you know I, I, we take the mick out of them about it and whatever. But it goes back and forward so much, and we saw this with Tam Courts last season. He was he was a hero, then he was a dud, and then back with back to hero, back to dud, and it, it was almost a weekly a weekly switch in perception. Um, and not everybody, because then you know there are there are people who are <laughs> take a longer view than that and a wee bit more considered. But but there is a sort of uh, an up and down nature to public opinion amongst the United fans, I think. And um, uh, Jack Ross is certainly on the, on the on the wrong side of that at the moment. Um, but it really, I, you're right. I think this coming week is absolutely massive for for Jack Ross and for Dundee United and. It's going to be massive in terms of, of uh, it's clear that he wants he wants more in that squad. So somebody's going to have to leave. Somebody's going to have to come in, more than one probably. So this next week is going to be season-defining and uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch. And it may be a high prof, who knows? Yeah, absolutely, possibly. Maybe somebody that, that has previously thought been thought of as an untouchable, you know? Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Right, Jim. We'll go move. We'll move across the, across the street to Dundee. I mean, I wrote the the story last night about Gary Boyer uh, being willing to let Sean Byrne leave. Is this one surprised you? It's a bold call by him, isn't it? I mean, Dundee are absolutely stacked with central midfielders. Um, that's it's one department where they've got a strength and depth that would probably be the, the envy of even even a few Premiership clubs. You know, particularly a couple of really good young ones coming through. So, but it's a it's a bold decision nonetheless, isn't it? Because Burns a talented player who is very who is absolutely proven at that level. He's he's taking Dundee up. He's he's taking Livingston up. You know, and he I thought he was one of their better players in the in the Premiership when he was when he was fit and getting a run of games. What do you make of it? Well, my, you know, that's why you hire managers to make the decisions, Eric. And uh, you know, I, I mean, if. If a player is leaving a club, um, there's only one simple um, answer to that, and that's that the manager doesn't fancy him for whatever reason. 
you know, and now we don't know the reason. Um, he maybe just thinks he has sufficient um, to call on in terms of midfield. You know, I mean, it, it, it might well be that he, you know, that he's, he thinks that he, he's got an offer. What has he got? Mulligan, Grayson, McGowan. I mean, um, oh, Finley Robertson, push it on, John you know, McGee can put play in yeah, there. You know, I mean, there's, he, there's a lot. He's not. He's not sure. You know, um, <clears throat> so. You presume that he's looked. He, he, he's he's now had a you know a good number of weeks to assess the squad, both in uh, every day in training and the and the um, competitive games. And I don't think there's many complaints about what they've done so far. That, that he's off to a very very fine start. Gary Bauer, there's a kind of I think there's a um, there's a there's a confident a confidence about the side. I think there's a kind of a great self belief about the side. And I think he's looked and he's thought, okay. Um, I don't. I don't need you here. You know, I I, I have enough. Um, uh, off your pop. I, 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 what it also does, I think, is it, it kind of sends a message to to other players that you've got to be on top of your game because uh, this is a you know this is a manager who is demanding that you you know you, you you stay at the top of your game all the time. So it's his call. Um, only only time will tell whether he's made the the, the right uh, choice or or not. But I mean, you know, looking, at it, I have to say, I think they've got sufficient. I mean, I I, I don't think that you know there's anything to complain about if you're done fan at the moment. Um, four played, sitting on you know seven points, um, only a point off air. Far too early in the season to make any any kind of um, comments about where 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 we're going. I mean, I, I would expect Dundee to be you know, frankly, I would expect Dundee to win this league. That that. That would be my my thinking. I think they've got sufficient talent, the ranks, and all the rest of it. So you know, it's it's he's moving them on. Um, I wonder, does he have you know another position in mind? I mean, he'll have a budget. He'll have so much of a budget to play with. If he moves them on, if he gets them off the wage bill, he's got he's got a, you know he's got a wage freed up, perhaps for another position um, that he feels is more important. If he thinks he has sufficient uh, in midfield at the time, but only time will tell. Um, but I, I think at the moment, if you're a Dundee fan, you might look and think mm, that's a shame because I think the boy's got a bit about him. But frankly, you know, the, the start we've made the season, no complaints. Not without risk, though, is it, Sean? I mean, it's one of those when you when you when you you do it with a fan's favourite, which burn burn is, you know, you just need to go on social media. Yeah, you can you see know, the reaction. You can see you can see that, you know. So and you know, a guy that's a guy that's done well for them. But he just he just has, you know. Uh, it shows that he's feeling strong about his position, all the all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I think it probably just it does come to the old uh, the budget balancing and. I think he wants a centre half, doesn't he? So he's just he's putting. I'm thinking I've got a glut of these centre midfielders, and I can I can I can absorb this one because Burn will probably one of the, be one of the better pair, I would imagine, because there's a couple two or three young ones in there, aren't there? So well, this is something we've talked about before in previous seasons. I think we spoke about it last year, and arguably even the season before that uh, about the about the number of central midfield players that they've had. It ends for a few years, and it has been the case that they've 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 had over provision there um, for a good while. Uh, I would say uh, so. In that sense, it's I mean it's not sometimes to their detriment. Sean, we spoke about yeah, that absolutely. Lot, didn't we? Yeah, they we did. They were, they were trying to force boys into the wrong positions. Absolutely, it? it has been it has been a problem. So, in that sense, I mean it, it's it, it, Gary Boyer's come in and identified it as 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 an imbalance in the squad as as an issue that needs to be addressed, and he's he's. He's taken his time. He hasn't just rushed into it. Obviously, he's had a look at everybody. He's had a proper look at everybody. And he's left it to the last week of the window and said, right, I've made my decision now. And uh, so you can't accuse him of being rash about it. 
Um, he's certainly done his due diligence there, and he's decided that, that that Sean Byrne is the one that he can he can afford to do without, or the one that he's happiest to allow to go, or he thinks he's he's got. A, it's probably a combination of the fact that he feels he can do without Sean Byrne, and also Sean Byrne is one who will be able to get another club, and thus he'll be off the wage bill, and that'll free it up for him to get someone else in. So, um, uh, I I I think it's uh, it is bold because of his status. But and he could actually—he's one of these ones. Sorry, Sean. He's one you could possibly even see moving back up, couldn't you? Which possibly. always seems strange. You know what I mean? If, if different if if he ends up. This isn't a player who's going to end up at you know Kelty or Dunfermline, pro, unless Dunfermline really finds some money. You know, but that's an that's an intriguing one because he, I mean, he's got a couple of years left on his deal, hasn't he? He does. I mean, he's got he's, two years he's, left. He's, yeah, you no, know, a couple of years left. And and the other thing is, I mean, he, he he's free to go. I mean, he could go on loan. As well, I mean, you know, it's, it's entirely possible he could go on loan and then, uh, you know, and then return. But that, that doesn't appear to be um, that doesn't appear to be um, the situation. So obviously, he's kind of looked and and doesn't fancy. I mean, he's, he's he started the, he played all the Premier Sports games, didn't he? You he know, did, and, yeah, and, and a couple, first couple two league, league matches. You know, then yeah. then he was injured. You know, so I mean, I think. Um, you know, you, you, you never ever know. I mean, yeah, yeah, certainly don't want to speculate is there's something more to it or whatever. You, you, you know, we can only work on the information we have and it looks as though, you know, the manager has looked and thought, I'm overloaded in that centre midfield position. I have enough to do the job for me um, and if we can get them away, we, we you know, we, we open up a wage, um, open up a fresh wage or a new wage for, or that wage for, for someone else. I mean, I, 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 I don't think that he's short uh, in terms of central midfield, and of course he he brought Grayson in, didn't he, on, on loan as well? Yeah. So I don't yeah. think he, he's short. He's obviously assessed his squad, looked at, um, and, and thinks he can do without him. I still feel they're short up front, Sean. And I think games like games like last weekend's are the ones that, sh- that show you. I mean, although it's a, it's quite positive for Dunny in a sense that a nil nil draw at Capolo most seasons would be you'd you'd see a lot of grumbling about it, but I haven't picked up on that from from Dundee fans. But I do, I I I, I think they need more options up front. Would you agree? Up. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't disagree with that. I I think with Jacobia being injured again as well, uh, that's that's uh, probably sharpened the requirement for that. Uh, I would say. I mean, Zach Rudden's obviously there, who they, they they went to some expense to bring in last season when they did. Um, you know, if it was in the hopes of keeping them up, obviously that hasn't worked out. But he's there now, and he'll be the main man for the time being. Uh, but the, I think you're right. I think they do need another out and out striker. Bet because it'll be another do, English loan. What do you reckon? I think it'll be one a lower league loan that Gary Boyer knows. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happens. No, I mean, why, absolutely. Why not? If you if you're if you're well versed in the in the virtues of a particular market, then uh, yeah, if you can if you can pick out a gem or you back yourself to pick out a gem then absolutely it would make sense for him to do that um, so yeah I mean yeah, I agree with you I think they do need another out and out striker they've got attacking players but they're, they're sort of of the more um, floaty variety <laughs> yeah, well I mean the, the, I mean, funnily, I, mean I, I sat down again this morning and watched the, kind of the YouTube highlights and I mean you know I mean, you're only, you're only, I mean obviously I was at Tanadice you're only seen five or six minutes worth but I mean they're there wasn't a great deal to get exercised about in, in, in terms of um, efforts on goal. I mean, I think the, 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 the only one that kind of really sprung to mind was Hank McMullen hit the bar, didn't he? he clipped one in, they hit the bar, keeper was rooted to the spot right enough, you know, and half a yard lower and, and it's in, but it, but it wasn't, you know. So, um, but, you know, th- that said, I still think, 
that to go down to Capolo and come back with a point at the stage in the season is pretty good. You know, the record on the road so far is, is, is very, very decent. And, I th- you know, I, I kind of still sense that, you know, between um, Rodden up front, you could be at once he's fit, you know. Um, and potentially McMullen nipping in with a few. There should be goals in that in that side, but n- not necessarily in the quantity that they mm, need them. So yeah, they, I, see, I see. I see other. And, and, I see other ones. I, I think others are stronger. I think other others in the division are stronger up front. I think Dundee are certainly, as we just spoke about, certainly stronger centre midfield. I think there's there's a couple of teams in that division at the minute who I would say are, are stronger than than Dundee up front. But you know, one one good one changes that. I think tips the balance. In the other direction, but yeah, well, listen, I'm looking forward to watching them on the TV. On uh, they're on the TV Friday night, aren't they? Wait, air. It's another one of those that I remember covering a few United games down there. You know, it's it's always a tough one down that. But Eric, there's the issue with getting rid of a midfielder if you want. You know, you get if, if he is going to kind of, you know, Gary Boyer's strength will be he knows the English market. That's where he's operated. You know, uh, as a coach, as a manager, he, he knows the scene. Now, you know, you bring guys up from English football. You bring a guy up loan. I mean, you could be bringing a boy up from a lower division who's on five grand a week. Uh, you know, and Dundee have got to meet a chunk of that on loan, so they've maybe got to meet fifteen hundred to, you know, two grand of that for 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 wages or something like that. So it makes sense, uh, you know, if you're desperate for for extra striking prowess and, and and material, it makes absolute sense to get 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 rid of a player who might be a fan's favourite, but you know, was he absolutely? Winning games for them was he was utterly dominant in the midfield right through you know good player but did, did he actually kind of you know was he kind of an absolute midfield maestro no if you've got sufficient strength in the midfield you're overloaded it makes absolute sense to free up a wage uh, to bring in somebody um, you know that, that you know or you can trust or comes highly recommended that you're going to need the money to to bring in oh Sean you were at uh, McDermott Park in a working capacity at the weekend there I don't. We didn't learn much more, did we? Really, it was a it was a continuation of a theme. I mean, I'll, I'll get my crystal ball. I I didn't think. I think the I think the the fixture list has lent itself to, shall we say, caution and conservatism in terms of the games that they've played so far. I think we kind of all saw that as a tough opening. I think you'd have, I I would have said five five points. Would have been very good, which you'd have thought beat Mother all away from home by no means a given, and draws against Hibs and Aberdeen, lose to Rangers. You would say that's 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 a you probably say that's a very good start from from that set of fixtures uh, as it is. It's three, which isn't disastrous. I think. I think moving forward, I know that you know that the whole change in the system thing is is going to happen. Is is going to keep getting talked about because it, St. Johnson, I'm presuming, weren't particularly banging down the door when they were they were 1-0 down, Sean. I think we what things need to change in terms of the opposition they're about to play. Maybe maybe not Sunday right enough because they're away to go to Hearts right enough, but you know, after that they've got a run of fixtures when they basically they have to they have to be more they have to give it more of a go, don't they? They absolutely have to. It's it's imperative that they do. Because, um, yeah, I mean, you, we, can, we can talk about the nature of the start of the season and that opening run of fixtures and, and how challenging it looked. And, and we did cover that, and it's correct. And, you know, to go away at Motherwell and win, that's, that's 
in the context of what was there. It's even more yeah. important. I, I said at the time, I knew how important that game was because then you, it just, it just, it was absolutely their big chance, wasn't it? And thankfully they took it. And the yeah, in the context of that opening run, it was, it was, it was very, very big that they went and won there. Had they not, uh, we would be. Uh, <laughs> We would be having a darker conversation, I feel. But so, the, the, yeah, the, <laughs> that three points was massive. Um, Rangers, yeah, that's Rangers, so whatever. Um, I think, and it's disappointing that we, we think that way, but, you know, we do. We know what we're up against, and uh, that's that. Aberdeen. Now, they were they were defensively, as you would expect. They were, they were, they were sound enough uh, throughout the entirety of the game. Um, I mean, the fact that it took a... A uh, twenty-five yard free kick, a stunning twenty-five yard free kick to win the game. Um, Rangers uh, are still the only team to score in open play against them, which is a which is, you know, which I suppose it backs up that point. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I do think Aberdeen had the. I mean, they did have one. Uh, they didn't have one chalk off for offside. It was offside. It wasn't a goal. They had the ball in the net. Um, beyond that, they did have another few chances. So I mean, I think had they had they been a bit more clinical they, they probably could have scored a couple more um, St Johnson on the other side in an attacking sense I just uh, they were they were they were disappointing for me um, and I think I think that's a continuation of a theme was it Baird are you um, how much how much are you pinning on not not being individually slating Theo Baird but how much are you mm-hmm. pinning on it the you know because it isn't un it is an unheard of for a particular player in a particular position to unlock a team, you know, and one of our colleagues mentioned, and I'd forgotten about it, the, the comparison he made was Steve McLean getting signed for Steve Lomas's team when the Saints had lost about the first five. I can remember, I can remember Steve Lomas fearing that, you know, after he'd signed Craig Beattie and Craig Beattie wasn't, wasn't getting goals, he, he was kind of thinking, oh, oh, we're in big trouble. Along comes Stephen McLean on the last day of the window and the rest, as they say, is history. How much are you putting on that number nine scenario? Well, if if, if <laughs> I was going to say if uh, this is the system that we're committed to, of course it is. Uh, this is the system that we're committed to under Callum Davidson. So if that being the case, I think it's absolutely essential. I actually think he might change, by the way, but there we go. Well, we'll yeah, see what happens on that front. But for the, for the time being... Yeah, for the moment. Yeah. If, if it's going to be like that, then it's essential... The, the right sort of number nine, if you like, or that that right sort of central striker is brought in because I don't, despite his size and his athleticism, I don't think Theo Bear is that sort of striker. I don't think back to goal, hold up play, bringing people into the game is his natural game. Or heading, he doesn't look particularly adept at heading no, yet, does he? No, no, no. So I, I, I don't think he, I think he's a square peg in that round hole there. Um, Stevie May is actually arguably probably more suited to it at this point in his career, but still, it's still not his natural game either. Um, it's more Chris Kane's natural game, but clearly we're not going to have use of him uh, for Anytime a considerable soon. amount of time. Yeah, so uh, so under those circumstances, it's in order to make that system have a chance of functioning in an attacking sense it's essential that they bring in a different sort of striker I don't think that's the only problem with it no no um, I do I do think also that what, what, what stunts St Johnston 
or what's certainly, in my opinion, against Aberdeen, one of the factors that stunted them in attacking sense was the, 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 this sort of the five at the back that it reverts to when they're out of possession. You've got your your wing backs who were often very very deep. Um, so when the ball's turned over and it goes up the way, <laughs> uh, up to bear, if you like, if they're starting runs in support and midfielders are very deep as well, they're starting runs in support, they've got so far to go. Too far to cover, yeah. Before before they get into a position where they can take the ball uh, uh, and hold it, that I just think it's, it's killing them in terms of getting out of that sort of, uh, that grouping of the five and then the midfielders in front of it. To get out of that position is proving too difficult. So they need, they need a striker who can play that role for them. And they need to find a way tactically to get support up to that striker much quicker, because the the the, the Theo Bear was extremely isolated. I thought at the weekend. Yes, Gemma, it's. Uh, you've not seen you've not seen Saints in the flesh this season, have you? Yet? No, I mean, you know, same again. I mean, I I watched the the highlights on. Um, you know, on, but the role of a link, uh, man, the role uh, of a link man is absolutely a link man is absolutely crucial. Isn't it? I mean, yeah. I have to say, I mean, umpteen. Well, Tommy Light used to have to defend Chris Kane all you know season after season, but boy, did that boy has he been? You know, we 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 went through all the ones that have been missed for obvious reasons. You know, from last season, your Jason Kerr, your Ali Mc, Ali McCann, probably the key one, David Wotherspoon. Wotherspoon's a big Chris, miss for me. I'm, I'm a Chris, big Wotherspoon fan. I know it's not a striker, you know, but I mean, he's a big miss, I think, in terms of another man that another man that can hold on the ball, hold the ball, and bring the cavalry up. You know, which is and Con- Conway did it too. You know, it's, yeah. It's, but Sean's right. I mean, if you got if you're going to play that system, I mean, unless you've got unless you've got a couple of wing backs who are you know are oozing bolt like uh, quick, if they're having to cover kind of you know fifty yards to get up to uh, supply the you know uh, the strike the striker, then you do need some to somebody who can play with back to go can hold it up. And hold, that's a tall order, you know, to to ask a guy to do that uh, for the entirety of the game if he's going to be isolated. I'll tell you the thing. One of the things that really struck me. Um, at the weekend, and I have to say, <clears throat> I've watched highlights several times over. I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced that the opening goal that was chalked off for offside was offside for Aberdeen. So that, that you know, that was that, that was a stroke a lot. But what what, what a daft free kick that Kerry mm. gave away? We, I'm not convinced was that was a free kick. But I don't think it was a free kick either. I think I think from where I was sat, Hayes Hayes is halfway down before Kerry even gets near. He played yeah. for it nearly, I have to say. But you know, because um, he just seemed to run across him, and I've watched it, I've watched it, I've watched it, and time and time again, and I thought. Is that a free kick? If, if it is, that was daft, you know. But but the more I watch it, the more I, uh, the, you know, he goes to go for the ball and he's just kind of, he gets caught, but I'm not entirely sure that it's Kerry's fault. But then the problem is when you've got a player like Clarkson who we know can leather it, you know, from, from that distance. Uh, in fact, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm watching it again. As, 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 this is about the 19th time I've watched it. That's not a free kick. No, it steals a few yards yeah, as well, by the way. Ah, and he steals a couple of yards. That's right, he make it twenty-eight yards. Um, so, but they, they, these are the margins, you know, <clears throat> when you're operating at the level that Saints are. These are the margins, the fine margins that, 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 that you know either win you a point or cost you three. And on, on Saturday, um, I mean, it was unstoppable. The goalies, the goalies, not got a chance um, with that one. But um, you know, so far, I think it, it, it's been not a bad start for Saints. You know, it, it's it's been. Um, it's unlikely think, to to pick up on Sunday because you know that that hearts away, even though they've been playing Europe. Well, they're, I mean, they're, they're the best of the rest. It's, it's after Rangers, that, yeah. and I suppose it's for a reason. We only really start to properly get a grip on it 
after the first set of fixtures, which is which is kind of why I suppose it's kind of why folk are even more worried about United, isn't it? Because of the teams that they've had, they've had Livingston, St. Martin, and you know they're they're ones that they'd be and Kilmarnock. They, they, that's why you know they've still got some of these tougher ones to come. But anyway, well, it's it's we're still at the stage of figuring out figuring out where everybody sits. But yeah, as Sean was saying, I'd I'd like to see a gear change or an emphasis change, either formation wise or just intent wise I think after, there has after to be. this after this hearts both possibly yeah <laughs> there has to be because I mean I've, I've written about this after the game whatever else football is right it's a form of entertainment for people particularly at home yeah of course your home games are absolutely massive in that form so that's, punishment that's, sometimes well this is this is the, <laughs> well, this is part of the problem it's the, like yeah it's uh, it, people are paying money in their thousands and all right, you can have you can have your wee digs about St Johnson not having many fans, whatever, whatever. That's irrelevant. You've got people who pay their money and go along and turn up, and you know they want to see something entertaining. And it's been a challenging over a year. It's been a challenging season last year for St Johnston, and, and and this year there has been a perception of a continuation of a theme. And I think that the, the danger is unless there's a change in emphasis, and that may require. You know, it will require uh, other bodies coming in, um, as we've talked about. But unless there's that change of emphasis, people's expectations of entertainment are just, they're almost gone. So what is the incentive to go along? If you you don't see where the enjoyment is going to be coming from. And with the the way that things have been going over the last year and the performances, you know, the one against Aberdeen there, as I've touched on, it was fine defensively. But that's... That's not going to drag people back. There needs to be some sense or some belief that we've a chance to win this game here. And at the moment, I just think that's what St Johnson are lacking because they're not enough of a threat. Um, so that's that's what needs to change. Yes, it's it's it comes down to what what you go at the football football for. Is it is it entertainment or is it winning? You know what I mean. Winning does kind of cover a multitude. Winning, winning's a really entertaining know. thing. So yes, it is. But but you need to you need to actually <laughs> have to have some threat about you in order to win if games. If you're losing, you've got to have a go. Yes, otherwise it's yeah. I I hear you. I hear you. Or just just before we finish up off the pitch, St Johnson, Jim of. I've made another change. Uh, Scott Boyd is moving on. He's he's probably. I was just. I, I couldn't actually count them all because obviously since since the the great Stuart Duff that we all knew very well and was so effective in that position, you know, to to Jeff Brown's right hand and just you know nothing, nothing, no mistakes were made. He knew every rule. He was just on the ball for transfers, all the rest of it. Just a, one of these. One of these guys who, if you get them in your club, you just want to keep them there forever. Since Stuart left, there have been a few I've had a go, and some of them I've probably forgotten. But I think uh, Scott Boyd has to go down uh, for me on a personal level as the first one who's come in and out without me having so much as a conversation with. But whether whether uh, what you want to make of that, you can you can make of that what you will. But uh, I think it's pretty poor for a club the size of St Johnston, isn't it? Yes, I think I think it is. I think to engage, yes, I do. I would say so. That is the the conclusion I've I've taken as well. You know, you can you can you can have your own opinions how important local me- local press and the media and all these sort of things are, and whether it should be it should be the part of the job of of somebody in that position. But yes, it would it would have been nice to have spoken to him at some point. But there we go. Uh, but Ian Flaherty making well, he's he's the new. The new sheriff, the new day-to-day man in charge, he'll be wanting to to shape things in his 
in his image. Oh, don't, don't mention Cher. I still had a pop in my midweek column. <laughs> but the kind that's <laughs> sitting on the bench putting, putting people in jail or not putting people in jail <clears throat> as my piece is about. But no, I mean, it's funny, just as, as, as Sean was answering that last question, I was just thinking, uh, in fact, I was thinking about this last night when I saw the news, um, you know, that, that Boyd had moved on. I, I think Ian Flaherty, <clears throat> who's come in... Um, as head of operations, I, th- he, I, I, I he think sorry, Jim, actually- he's, he sought you. He sought you out in the first, literally the first game he was at was at Dens Park. With a chat at Dens, that, that's right. Out for you a fifteen-minute blether. Yeah, well, I, 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 I suggested a few, th- suggested a few things to the. Not unlike we were talking about the other. I think since oh, so since, it's your fault. Yeah, well, it's no. <laughs> <laughs> I do know the chairman. The chairman did once blame me for uh, sorry, <laughs> saying he'd, if we hadn't followed the advice of a courier, a courier football columnist, <laughs> since when he'd been he's the blamed us all for. I mean, I think Ian Flaherty has come in. I think Saints are a club actually rebuilding. I mean, I think they're building the team. They're also rebuilding the club, I, I think, right through it. And I think um, Ian Flaherty will do a good job there. Um, and I think we've already seen a couple of a, a couple of moves. Boyd being the latest who's, who's moved out the door. I think uh, was it Stevie Grieve who, who, who went not, not that long ago either. Um, and you know, obviously, Ian Flaherty is is the day to day man since um, Stevie Brown took kind of more of a back seat, you know, away from kind of day to day involvement at the end of last season. Um, so I, I think the club is being is being rebuilt uh, now. W- one of the th- one of the things, one of the areas, I think they do have to rebuild in. And a lot of clubs have there's a lot of great stuff going on with club media right throughout Scotland. Nice week kind of colour pieces and uh, and all the rest of it. But you know, the the, the job of traditional media it is important. That, that football clubs and companies, you know, not just football, but we're talking football. It's important that football clubs understand that they also have to be held to account as well by neutral observers. You know, now we, we are all fans of local clubs, but as journalists, we're kind of, it, it's also up to us to point out what we see as critical elements at clubs, things that we think are maybe should be addressed aren't going as well. The job is not to be <coughs> a cheerleader. You know, I mean, it's great to be a cheerleader when things are going well and all the rest of it. But, you know, I, I think you have to address that. It's all very well doing in-house media stuff and all the rest of it. But, I, I, you know, bluntly, if I was the, you know, if I was running a media at St. John's, I'd be saying to local boys, fill your boots. Who do you want? Get them in, sit them down, you know, chew the fat. And you give your players a bit of media training so they're not going to come out and say something ridiculous and absolutely daft. But, you know, let the fans hear um, as much as possible uh, from the, the players that they go and pay their money to see every week. Let them hear from the manager. Let them hear and from important the people behind, behind the scenes. Yeah, and behind the scenes. Let yeah. them hear from the women's club. You know what I mean? Let them hear from everyone connected with the club. Um, given the proper, I mean, the same media training, I'm not talking about taking your staff in and saying, here's how to lie to the media. Just here's how to be sensible. Here's a kind of, you know, here's, here's maybe a, here's a good line. If you're talking to the media, you might want to tell them this, that, the next. You know, people are interested. People love their football clubs. They want to hear, but they don't want to hear simply uncritical analysis from in-house media. They they want to hear and, you know, I mean, look, let's be blunt, you know, um, the Courier, for instance, will, will, will out, outsell by a long, 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 long way um, any in-house media anywhere, you know, in the clubs, terms of clubs that we're covering. Uh, and it's important um, that, that clubs allow access to uh, to people that, that you know that we want we don't want to hear from the director of football every five minutes but it'd be nice to hear from him now and again you know so if, if your your head of football operations has disappeared and he hasn't spoken to the local media in the time that he's been in that's an enormous feeling an absolutely enormous feeling you know um, because it's an important role it's a very important role and people would like to know 
What is the role? What do you do? How does your day go? What, what are you looking for? People want to know these things. There's an insatiable appetite for football. And, and, and the more you communicate with people, um, the more the relationship between fan and club opens up. Uh, and you'll not always win. People will still go away unhappy at what they've heard, but at least they've heard that. At least they've heard what the job is, what someone is doing, what it entails. And it might make them think a wee bit more before they're overly critical the next time. It's just, you know, it's good to talk, isn't it? Yeah, you're getting an impression, Sean, that I think, when, when did Ian Flaherty start? I think it was about March, April, that, that you know, because in Johnson Ara, every every club will say they're a unique club, and they are, you know, but there's a lot of things that have happened at St. Johnson over the years that have made them successful. Do you, do you get the impression that, I think we, we used the phrase with... Uh, with Gary Boyer last last week in terms of Dundee, but you get the impression that gets it. Flattery gets it, yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see uh, any 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 reason why he wouldn't. You know, he's a it's, you know a local guy, a businessman. He, he he knows the he knows the scene. That's another thing that's essential about being in a position like that at a club like St Johnson in a town like Perth is that you are plugged into the commercial scene. Um, you have to be, and, uh, and and that seems to be the case here, and I think that's that's massively important for St Johnston. And so, in that sense, I mean, that can only be a good thing. Um, and and beyond that, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, uh, for obvious reasons, professional and personal, I would like to see the club open up, um, open itself up a bit more. Uh, obviously, I've got a skin in the game with regards to working in the media and what have you, but I mean, but personally as well, I think it's as a supporter. I, I look at things and I think about. I try to think about what 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 would be beneficial for for the club and what have you. And I do I do think it's just it's so beneficial that you take whatever opportunities you can get when you're a club the size of St Johnston because a massive part of being engaged with your supporter base is is, is being in front of them as much as you possibly can be on any given platform that you can get. If you can if you can get your yourself into people's thinking on a daily basis. Via multiple platforms, it's, it's yeah, as it's, many it's, fronts as possible. It, absolutely, it's just great for engaging people's minds and having your supporters thinking. Oh, St. Johnston, having those words in front of them as much as possible during the course of the day, because we know that the media has changed and people use use Twitter and social media now. A lot of people are on it. Younger people are on it pretty much all day, <laughs> scrolling through it. You know, and and there are numerous opportunities for for clubs like St. Johnston to to use that to present themselves to their supporters on a regular basis. And um, so for that reason, I would, I would like to see them open up a little bit more on, on, on the, the PR side of the club. And I just think it would be beneficial and it would be another step in the right direction. Good stuff, guys. Well, we've gone a wee bit over time this week, but we're early in the week. Plenty of time for folk to listen to it. They can you know, take their time. Anyway, thanks again, Sean. Thanks, Jim. And thank you very much for, for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.